Tonight's two episodes of The Bad Batch were by far some of the best Star Wars that we've gotten in quite some time for animated stuff. Now, of course, there will be spoilers in these breakdowns, so with that in mind, here we go. Episode 7 really built up the anticipation for Episode 8. I can see why they released both of the episodes at the same time. We start off on good old Coruscant, and we enter a cantina where two clones are discussing the atrocities that the Empire have befallen upon the clones on Kamino. How they destroyed Kamino and Topoka City and framed it as a bad storm that washed away the city. Rampart is covering up everything, and that's what these two clones are discussing. The main one of tonight's episode is named Slip, but these two guys are called Cade and Slip. After they leave the cantina, Slip and Cade discuss how what they did was wrong, that turning on their own people was wrong. Cade sent a message to Rampart to confess his crimes or be exposed in the Senate himself, where Cade gets taken out right on the street and Slip slips away safely, but just for the time being. It was really fun seeing Coruscant's night sky again with the speeders. It reminded me of episode 2 with Anakin and Obi-Wan when they were following Zam Wessel after her ordered attack on Padme. One reason I really loved these two episodes were for the deep discussions in the Senate. I always really enjoyed the politics of Star Wars and these kind of episodes really allow us to understand on a galactic scale of what's going on in the galaxy now under Palpatine's rule as Emperor. Action scenes are really great, but I love getting to these political dramas and these Senate discussions. In the Senate, we see some representatives, one of which is Senator Bail Organa, of course Leia's adopted father, as well as Senator Shu Mai, who is a president of the Commerce Guild before the Clone Wars. The Commerce Guild basically just had a lot of money and they bought some planets to do what they wanted with them. It seems the leader of the banking clan has a new face, of course, and he's not a Moon. If you all remember Sand Hill from Attack of the Clones, we now have a new representative. Senator Pam Lo was seen in Rogue One, and we see her here again. Now they're debating about a new recruitment bill to form a new army. This obviously is for stormtroopers to replace clone troopers. Now in Legends, Palpatine wanted stormtroopers simply because he wanted a vaster army. He wanted something that looked more imposing. More numbers meant more power to him, even if they weren't well trained. Bale talks about the clone army being put into action during the Separatist crisis in the Clone Wars, where Palpatine was given emergency powers. He throws shade at Palpatine and says that he's not even here during these legislations, whereas Masamita, of course Palpatine's main man, defends him and says that he's quite busy, basically, and trusts that this delegation acts in the best interests of everyone. Typical political answer. It's exactly what you'd expect from Masamita. Now, Masamita, of course, was seen all throughout the prequels as Palpatine's right-hand man in the Senate, and he still works for him well into the era of the Empire, as we have seen in the comics. So the whole issue here is that the clone army cannot live long enough with their accelerated aging, which is true as they age faster than normal beings. And this was done on purpose, they are altered clones, so that they would be ready to fight by the time of the Clone Wars all part of Palpatine's plan. Within 10 years from episode 1 to 2, the clones were fully grown. Senator Chuchi appears and fights for the rights of the clones. Now, Senator Chuchi was in the Clone Wars and was helped by Ahsoka during a Trade Federation blockade on her home world of Pantora. The Trade Federation, get this, held her hostage until she was saved by Ahsoka and returned to her father, the chairman of Pantora, Notluwiski 
Papa Noida, who is in fact the character that George Lucas played in Revenge of the Sith just when Anakin was entering the opera to meet Palpatine and learn of the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. You might miss it, he's just on the left of the entrance when Anakin is going in to meet Palpatine. Now, Rampart is a scumbag. I think I really dislike this guy more than almost anybody else in Star Wars. He pretends he cares for the clones, of course, to win the Senate, lying that he has a provision in place to take care of the clones once they have been replaced. The recruitment bill is paused and Masamita is quite angry about this. He threatens Rampart and informs him that Tarkin trusted that this could all be passed. And if it's not, then he's going to be in a lot of trouble, which means that of course he's going to die. Chuchi meets with the clones in the cantina and she wins them over by pledging to fight for them. They now understand that she's one of the good guys and she really does care about them. So Slip informs her of the truth regarding Kamino, that it was actually Rampart who ordered them to fire upon Topoka City and it wasn't a natural disaster that wiped them out. He tells her to check the logs of the Venator ship that was involved in the destruction of Topoka City on Kamino as it'll have all of the video files and what she needs to bring Rampart to justice. Now of course this is a very dangerous situation because you're messing with the Empire and they want this to be hidden. Of course they don't want the Senate to know exactly what they did but they needed to make Topoka City disappear and the clones disappear so that there's no more that could be created and they all just die out due to their accelerated aging. Of course, except for Boba Fett, who is an unaltered clone. Now, the reason they wanted to wipe out Topoka City is so that they, they can move on and make their stormtroopers and have a reason to make a grand army. So Chuchi meets with Rampart and he lies to her about what happened as she questions him about Kamino. He claims to have been off-world when it happened. The meeting doesn't go well and she leaves with a final word. Rampart knows that she is going to get more intel. She meets with Senator Organa and he really doubles down on her suspicions regarding Rampart having opened fire on Topoka City. They both think it's super sus and Bale warns her that the Empire may be looking for her as well as the lead case Slip. Rampart has an assassin sent out to take out Chuchi and Slip. Chuchi finally meets with Slip and he's waiting for someone to help him vanish from the Empire. This someone is of course Rex who we see very soon. Slip gets terminated by the assassin and they make a run for it until she's almost taken out too. When Rex saves her, stunning the assassin. Now, once again, Rex stunning the assassin just shows how compassionate he is compared to all of the clones and that he cares. And above all, he wants to question what's going on. You know, who is this guy? Why is he hired here to kill her? Is it really from Rampart? What can they learn from him? And what if it is a clone? He's not going to kill one of his own brothers. Rex was the guy Slip was going to meet. He takes the helmet off of the assassin and they see that he's a clone, but not a trooper as he has no markings. This could be an assassin clone, covert op troopers who were assigned to do unethical jobs that other clones wouldn't be comfortable doing. Their main jobs were eliminating their own brothers who went rogue. So they go to the Martez sisters garage who aren't around, thankfully, and Rex questions the assassin who doesn't say much other than knowing who Rex is, which is quite alarming because who is this guy? He mentioned some stuff about fighting the wrong fight and he says that he is a believer right when he cracks his tooth like a cyanide tooth and eliminates himself. End of episode. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 8, Truth and Consequences Breakdown. In tonight's episode of The Bad Batch, we open with Omega meditating, as she learned from Gunji. She says it doesn't work for her the way it worked for him, and this is of course because he is a Jedi, and meditation works better for those attuned to the Force. 
Now, I will say that George Lucas has said anyone can use the Force, however it depends how much you practice to use it, just like anyone can practice martial arts and become a martial artist. However, of course, it won't necessarily mean that you're going to be good at it or the best in the world. Echo thanks the squad for saving him on Skako Minor, where the droids had him captive as a droid zombie, pretty much. Rex hollows them and asks for their help on a mission. This is where things get pretty interesting. He asks them to go to Coruscant, and of course this is a big red flag for Hunter and the crew, because Coruscant is actually the central hub for the Empire. If you didn't know, Palpatine actually turned the Jedi Temple into his headquarters, so the place is just ransacked with Imperials. Now the good thing is that they think the Bad Batch are dead from the events of Kamino. However, they could always spot them and put the bounty on them again. The Bad Batch meet Rex and Chuchi at the Martez sisters' garage as they show him the assassin whose ID number was wiped. They get them up to speed on everything from the previous episode, of course, and Clone Force 99 inform Chuchi that they were on Kamino when it happened. Rex discusses the mission and informs them that the information they need is on the Venator and needs to be retrieved by tomorrow before the Senate hearing, as they need evidence. Now, personally, I thought Rampart would have completely doctored the logs, but I guess he didn't. Chuchi shows Omega the Senate, and they both go to speak with Bail Organa, who hooks her up with a meeting with Hallie Bertoni, the Defense Finance Committee of Camino and former senator for Camino. He tells her to follow the money, it always leaves a trail. So in the background, we hear brainwashing of the recruitment bill over the intercom, talking about how it's the way for a safer future just drilling it into people's heads that they really need an army. They meet with Hallie, who is a very old Kaminoan, and she is the former senator, where Chuchi asks her about the clone funding that was moved off-world and diverted when it shouldn't have been. Palpatine was given emergency powers to greenlight the clone army, and the funds specified for use of the clones weren't supposed to be diverted for the past year. Hallie says she knew about it and that Lama Su, the leader of Kamino, who we met in episode 2 with Obi-Wan, was arrogant. He was too sure that the Empire was dependent on his clones and facility, and this ultimately was his downfall. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Hallie is asked to testify, but the issue is that they need more than just word of mouth and he said, she said type of stuff when going against the Empire's word. This is why we need the Bad Batch to retrieve the information. Echo and Rex discuss how help is hard to come by these days, and I think this is the moment where Echo makes the decision to leave the Bad Batch and join Rex in the cause to help their brothers. Which I really like that he does. I think eventually that's going to maybe open up to their own show if they so wish but more importantly, really helped develop both the character of Echo, Rex, and the Bad Batch, as we can now focus on the Bad Batch solely. Because I feel like Echo was being kind of sidelined before, and now we'll get more screen time for each character in their own right. The boys get on their ship and retrieve the data they need, but of course not without causing some major turbulence and alerting everyone of a breach after rerouting power, causing a security breach alarm. Once again, they shoot stun blasts at their brothers who use killing blaster fire. Another note that they are just trying to save their brothers and know that they're not really truly evil. They're just brainwashed and confused, mainly because of the inhibitor chip. We enter the Senate and things get really interesting. Rampart and Chuchi go head to head. She makes a massive claim that he was responsible for diverting Kaminoan funding outside of cloning without Senate approval. The crowd goes wild as Rampart tries to move on from the question and she continues to grill him. She then goes for it and a lot of the scene reminded me of A Few Good Men 
If you haven't seen that movie, go check it out. When they were grilling Colonel Jessup. She accuses him of destroying Topoka City himself. She's pretty much voted outside of the Senate for such a claim until the boys hand Omega the files, who hands it to Bale, who hands it to Senator Chuchi. They play the recording for all to see, and it's the Venators destroying Topoka City. The jig is up, and I couldn't believe they actually showed this, because I thought it would be all over for the Empire after this. I thought maybe, you know, Palpatine's just going to do whatever he wants, he's going to disband the whole Senate, he doesn't care. But no, he tactfully used this to his advantage, and it's just another nail in the coffin as to how Palpatine was so magnificent when it came to his patience, his political knowledge, and his ability to turn any situation into a win. We get a little siren and the floor opens up just as it did when Yoda fought Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith, and we see Palpatine in his pod rising, Masamita next to him. Ian McDermott beautifully returning to voice Palpatine, as he should, brilliantly twists the scenario into his favor. They arrest Rampart and blame him for being rogue. He thanks Chuchi for exposing a rogue element in the Empire's ranks, and Palpatine then says that he'll be punished. However, he didn't act alone. He blames the clones too, and asks the Senate if they really trust such a callous maneuver by such beings, if they really would trust these clone troopers who, on an order, without question, would just destroy their own city, let alone someone else's. He believes that this legislation is their future and that the Imperial Stormtroopers will protect everyone from such things ever happening again. So once again, Palpatine needs the Senate to vote in for an army. And of course, Palpatine can just do it on his own and take things the way he wants them. However, he's not at that point yet. He is very methodical and very political. He needs the galaxy and the Senate to vote this legislation in so that he can build this army. And once he has the army, no one can say anything anymore. And then of course, he builds the Death Star. And after that, nobody is going to defy him. And if, even if they do, their planet's going to get destroyed. He believes that this legislation is the future of the people and that the Imperial Stormtroopers will protect everyone from such things ever happening again. Brilliantly, he had a backup plan should he be exposed. And I, you know, I truly think that this was his backup plan. I don't really know if he was for sure believing that Rampart wouldn't be exposed. I think he knew Rampart was an idiot, but I don't think he fully believed that anyone would pull it off, that they would be able to get into the Venator and get the files that they needed. Now, it could be the case that he fully did, but he had a plan for every single scenario. So Rampart gets arrested, and is probably gonna die now at this point, where Palpatine thanked Chuchi and put it into people's heads that the clones now cannot be trusted. Which is even better than before, because now people don't want the clones around. They want a different army. They want a army to protect them from these clones, which is essentially what he did to the Jedi. He made the Jedi look like treasonous, traitorous bastards. You know, he blamed the way he looks now on the Jedi. The attempt on his life has left him scarred and deformed. And this is the main reason why the galaxy just pushed the Jedi to the side, because they saw them as these power-hungry, evil beings that tried to kill a poor senator. He's just doing the same exact thing, but in a different time. The fate of all the clones are now doomed from this decision, because everyone just doesn't trust clones anymore. They think that they're callous beings that can just destroy cities on an order or even on their own. And either way, whatever would have happened, even if the boys didn't get the information that they needed from the Venator ship, 
I think Rampart would have gotten his way regardless, or the Empire I should say. After all, Rampart is just another cog in the machine. Now my question is, where is Crosshair? Where is Cody? I think Cody is off somewhere trying to find his way in the galaxy, maybe find the Bad Batch, and maybe find Rex. As for Crosshair, I think he's going to be really happy that Rampart is out of the picture, but he may even be promoted now. And I'm wondering who is going to take Rampart's place. Could it be Krennic? Could it be Tarkin overseeing preparations for a little bit until a new person is put in? I believe that position is a little too low for Tarkin or Krennic, but we could see them as we did get a mention of Tarkin from Mass Amida. So Echo leaves the crew and he joins Rex and Omega's very sad about it. They have a little bit of a moment. It was quite cute and touching. And I have to say this was a really awesome episode. While there wasn't too much action, it just proves that we really don't need all that much as long as there's really good exposition and a lot of relevancy to the future events and past events of Star Wars connecting things together. And in this case, connecting the transition of the clones into stormtroopers and sending them off and kind of seeing how the galaxy turned on the clones by way of Palpatine's manipulations. Thanks for watching today and I'll catch you all in the next one. Until then, remember, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, the Force will be with you always.